Welcome back in to another episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. Man, it's almost June. This, uh, this off-season, we'll get there. We'll get to a new season of Peaky Blinders eventually. They apparently are starting up the filming soon, so we're excited about that. But Josh and I are just riveted by this new show, Gangs of London. And Josh, the penultimate episode did not disappoint. Xavier Jeans, I think, went three for three, the director. I think he had the best three episodes of the season, uh, especially coming off my least favorite episode of the season, the uh, bottle episode. He, I mean, that's just me. That's all relatively speaking, of course. It was still a great episode, but uh, he, he really came out three episodes in a row with bangers back to back to back. It's always great to see how, how directors kind of cre- not only create their own narrative, but you know, have their beginning, their middle, and their end. And boy, did he have his beginning, his middle, and his end. All right, I just want to start by saying that the TV Choice Awards have already come out and said that Gangs of London is a nominee for Best New Drama. Joe Cole and Sope Derusu, otherwise known as Elliot, nominated for Best Actor, and Michelle Fairley for Best Actress. Interesting. Already, this show is gaining more steam than season one Peaky Blinders, and I don't want to say it's because you and I are covering it, but... No coincidences, right? It might be. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So let's jump right into this episode. Once again, you're listening to us on Patreon. If you're not listening to us on Patreon, get over to Patreon, patreon.com slash by order of Peaky, where you get everything ahead of time. If you are listening to us deep in the future and you're thinking, man, Gangs of London is a good show. I'm happy it came to America. We're still waiting. So I feel bad for everyone in America that cannot watch this beauty Right off the bat, a huge revelation, at least for me, Josh. This, uh, this Danish guy, his name is not Leif. It's Life. Life. I, I, don't, I mean, everything changes now when you find out that Life is the name of the pervert who infiltrates the Wallace house to start the episode. But thankfully, I feel like this was an episode, Josh, of thankfully they escaped. You know, the Wallaces got out. Philly and Jack got out. I was really, uh, I was really nervous, Josh. We'd have a similar scene like we did in that bottle episode at, um, at the woman's house in the middle of nowhere. Remember when, when the Danish people infiltrated and attacked? So happy that Billy and Jack right. got out because they were not equipped to have a gunfight. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I got to say my apologies to Billy for telling him that he was pretty much a worthless character last episode because he was very important here to getting Jack out. He had the foresight knowing that they were coming after them knew where she was. She definitely uh, planned to be in the middle of nowhere, hiding out where no one would ever see her. But of course, these Danish knew exactly where she was. And they got out. She has a new, uh, they both have new identities, I guess. Philly, Philly comes through. He planned five years ago for this whole alternate, you know, timeline for this family. And he goes, you know, smackheads have a lot of time to think. I'll be honest, I didn't know that you know, thoughts were going through someone's head when they were doped up, but good for, good for Billy. I, I did really anticipate when he said, you know, I was mad at you when I gave you your name. I really thought her name was going to be Marion because Arabelle, that's not that bad, right? I mean, like, it's, a, it's just a random name. I don't know. You got British names and you got, I mean, everyone's Billy, right? Every single show we watch has Billy's. Kiki Blinders that's has true. like seven Billy's, but 
You can have like Bella, Bell, Era, I don't know, A. There's a lot of nicknames there. So I think Jack was getting a little greedy after her life was just saved. We yeah, can- also, I mean, the point is to not be found. So Arabella would be a good thing because no one would think that her name would be Arabella. So I don't know. Not be found would be precise. And so Javon is probably thinking the same thing because our episode starts off with Javon just standing on the top of his roof deck. And, uh, and he's very easy to be found. And Ed, the dictator, after having a conversation with Elliot where he just rips this man to shreds, basically saying, you haven't picked a side. I'll pick for you, and it's not the side I'm on. Doesn't let Elliot see Shannon. And then Ed goes straight to Javon. And I, I don't know, man. I think, in my opinion, this was the first scene of the whole season where Javon really took control. He flipped the script on Ed. He showed a little bit of power. And, you know, he said, listen, this is how things are going to go. Our investors run shit, and I'm going to do this whether I have your blessing or not. And I don't think Ed likes to be bossed around. Definitely not. Um, I don't think that Ed is scared of, of Javon's words at all. I don't think he's scared of his threats. And Javon is honestly, he's, you, you could tell he's young and he's immature because, Ed, I mean, Ed comes right back towards him and says, you know, I wouldn't stand out here if I were you. Like, like you need to be more careful, my guy, because people are going to be coming after you. So Marion uses, right, Marion uses her head and she's planning to go collect the army in Ireland, but Sean uses his heart. And we see that at the end of this episode. And so starting with Sean, and we can kind of work our way all the way through Sean, I texted you in this episode basically saying, the Wallaces are beat. Like, I am so much more interested in the Elliot and the Dumani plot line and the Floriana situation than I am with Sean and the whiny Billy and Marion and all that nonsense. But Sean had himself a little bit of an episode here. Go ahead. I texted you. I said, yeah. just because I had watched this episode before Daniel had. And I said, just wait, because I had agreed up until the point until where I saw what Sean did. I had agreed that I was kind of done with the walls plot line. I'm like, okay, they're like, they're like runaways at this point, you know? Yeah. So, it's just like, they, they didn't really show any power since the first few episodes, clearly without their dad, they didn't really know how to run things. And, and Sean comes through with definitely a, uh, an emotional decision. But in the very beginning, I think it gets sparked by this scene we have where he thinks there's an intruder into this really ratchet safe house. You'd think if your company and your family is worth billions of dollars, you'd be able to invest in more than, you know, sneaking into your friend's house or Billy's, you know, crack friend's house in the last few episodes. And then now, you know, having this like rundown apartment, but to each their own. And I wanted to ask you about this, Josh, because there's all this writing in the basement. Obviously, no one's there. Well, someone well hold on. I, I, wanted, I, I think that that was just a, a building that they had purchased the land, and they were going to knock it down and build something because someone had wrote a, a message to the Wallaces. Yeah, that's I don't think, yep. Yeah, so I, it wasn't just like some random place. I think that it was somewhere that he knew that no one would be. No, what I was saying is I'm surprised they don't have better safe houses. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, I guess to, at this point, because the other safe house – you know, it wasn't even a safe house. It was just Billy's friend's house that he was gone for the summer. So yeah, very, very poor planning by the Wallaces. Obviously, Finn's the only one that knew how to escape, but that didn't really sure. go well for, uh, for the patriarch. But let's get into that scene because Sean gets into the basement and he's, you know, really intense. And you're wondering if someone's going to pop out. I thought it was going to be like a mom and a baby. I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be another Floriana? Is Finn hiding someone else here? All these you know, thoughts are going through my head. And then we see the writing on the wall. Very, very apropos 
but I wonder what makes the Wallaces Nazis and anti-Semites, because that's what the writing said. And so I'm curious if there was any correlation. Did anything click in your head, or are you kind of still lost on that, or is just someone just really mad at them? No, I mean, I think that I don't think that it was like them necessarily being actual Nazis. I think that a lot of people use the term Nazi as a derogatory term to people who are just kind of like authoritarian, like rulers and people who kind of like are the, the, the top of the top and don't care about like the bottom feeders of the city. So probably just like some impoverished people who don't like to see, you know, Wallace building, building going up and seeing them just like in power. So I don't think it was like necessarily like anything like crazy in, in that sense that they were like anti-Semites or did something necessarily to a group of people. I think that it's kind of like the rich versus the poor and they're kind of like the rich that, know, that everyone in the city kind of, you know, hates. Perfect explanation. And then we get the, uh, probably the turning of Sean. Sean turns from a boy to a man in this, in this scene, pretty much. He finally decides, you know what, I'm going to become my own person. I'm tired of my dad. I don't, I want to separate. But first he thinks about separating himself from life. And so we see a season five final shot of Tommy Shelby here, right? Season six, maybe season five. No, season five, final shot of Tommy Shelby with the gun pointed, yeah. but not at the head, under the mouth. And, and I think everyone in the world knew that Sean was not uh, about to pull the trigger. Same with Tommy Shelby. And then he's just on there to was, the next there was, a, there, was a little, there was a little bit of me. Really, there was a little bit of me that thought he was gonna pull it because, because I mean, like it seems like it's a show that doesn't like, 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 like no one's off limits. Like, you know, it, a main character dying. Obviously, it was like eighty twenty. Eighty twenty wasn't gonna pull it, but it was as you said, mirror image of Tommy Shelby in at the end of season uh, season five where he was gonna pull that trigger, but he didn't. So that was, that was that was cool to see that. And then they give us just a glimpse of Lale and Sean enough where I don't even know if I was paying enough attention. And I was like, oh my God, that scene's over. You know, like usually a scene will give you a couple seconds. To, no, it's just Lale and Sean sitting in a car, Lale going over a few instructions. They don't tell us what I have written down. What are they planning? And then I wrote, oh, we find out. Because now we've got the final scene of the episode where Sean calls up Alex. Alex is telling him about how he found about, you know, 400 million. He's going to get all of it. Alex is really good at his job. Finn is hiding it in the Cayman Islands. And Alex is starting to think about Floriana. So Alex has got the gears moving, but Sean's playing chess. And he's thinking, you know what? These investors only care about one thing. There's only way, one way to hurt someone who doesn't have a face, and that's to cripple their finances. I think this was obviously terrorism of some sort, because you have to assume people died in this building. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the, the strategic, you know, throwing away everything, not thinking about Danny burning down people, but instead trying to take over the kingdom. I don't think this was the worst idea for Sean. I loved the opera music. It's called Nessun Dorma. It builds and builds as you wait and you wait and then you're watching. And I'll tell you what, I really thought it was going to be the building that Alex was in. Mm, I thought he was going to bomb all of the Wallace buildings and, and he didn't. Instead, he just, got, he just banged down the one that they were both looking at. It was incredible. Final credits come on. I stood up and started clapping. I legitimately gave... Xavier Johns, a standing ovation for the finish of this scene. It was incredible. It was a very symbolic scene. Uh, it reminded me of when Cersei Lannister blew up the the uh, the high sept. Yep. And 
you know, it was it was honestly similar in the way that you, you see the building, like like from a, from a far distance, you see the building explode, and it's yeah. kind of symbolic of Light of the Seven you know, too was right for that. Oh my God, Light of the Seven is my Greatest favorite song ever. Raman Zawaji song of all of his songs, and it's it's very symbolic and it's very slow motion, and you see the building just crumble down, and you know you don't really like understand the magnitude of something like that unless you're really standing like you know far far away from it. I imagine that if people who saw nine eleven, you know in action when they were staring standing far away it was probably just like that if you see video footage of it you see the building just crumble from the top and it, it kind of collapses from the middle and crumbles down and that was exactly what it was you know in this scene and i think that i think that that, that building might have been like the first wallace building that was uh, erected in, in the city i think that that's why he did that i bet it was the most prominent one it's like right. trump tower the main one you know right. it's got the big wallace name on it mm-hmm. and it was the it was a symbol and it I'm very curious to see if they go one of two ways. We'll talk more predictions at the end of the episode, but they could either kind of just like ignore the the fallout in terms of like a media perspective and all that stuff and kind of just go after the main plot. We only have one episode left. You know, there's not 10 episodes, there's nine episodes in the season. So we're at the season finale and there's a lot of stuff to wrap up. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to decide whether we want to go Elliot here or Luan? Which one do you want well, to ta- tackle first? I think that we also have, you know, mentioned the fact that uh, Elliot got a cop killed. That's what I'm saying. We have to talk about the Elliot plot line or the Luan next. There were three main – I've right. got three main ones here. We can go Elliot. Took over the Wallaces, yeah. Let's yeah. go Elliot now. You know, he shows up to meet with Vic at his media, you know, usual meeting spot. And I'm starting to understand. I'm like, oh, that's the meeting spot. The first, like, three times that they met under that uh, – that the overpass, I had no idea where they were. But instead, this guy named the captain shows up. And that only has me thinking of How I Met Your Mother. You've got the captain who's got like the, the scary eyes, but the smiling face. And this, yeah. guy was, uh, this guy was not thrilled because he was the one that was overseeing Anthony as an undercover while Vic was handling Elliot. Remember last episode, Elliot noticed that Anthony, the bearded, you know, small-time crook, was actually an undercover working for whatever secret service these guys all work for. And big news gets dropped because the captain tells Elliot that Anthony's, you know, setup that Elliot and Vic had for him to get arrested and pulled off the case did not go well. Instead, Marion's goonies took him and they kidnapped him and Elliot needs to save him. And Josh, there was an epic dig here by the captain. He's like, Elliot's like, you know, he's a good man. And he goes, he did his job, and he wasn't fucking one of the criminals that he was assigned to oversee. And I was like, oh, snap. He's right. He's right. Like, that's the one thing that I really just am really annoyed with with Elliot is, like, don't get in bed with the enemy, you know? Like, don't – like, why are you meddling with that? And the guy had a point. He seems like he's an important guy. We really don't know what his, like, role is, really, like, what his actual position is in the – I guess in the, in the, the, the police force. That, that's running this whole operation but it's it was it was sad to see the undercover uh anthony get killed for this oh because my he, god the he honestly did his neck too yeah oh he, but i mean good for him for for not for not revealing anything for not you know snitching that's that's a man of his word right there so i, I like kudos to him r.i.p to him uh elliot was clearly distraught that, that he was hurt that he caused this and it's gonna he's it's gonna it's gonna weigh over him i think of course, and he was he was there in time too. He got there 
while Anthony was still alive. And I'm yelling, shoot him. Shoot the guy already, dude. You're supposed to be really good with a gun. And he's waiting. I don't know what Elliot's waiting for. And the dude just drills Anthony in the back of the neck. Obviously, you know, Elliot gets out of there after killing both of the, the, the armed men. Vic shows up, who has to deal with all those dead bodies. I don't know how Vic is still in charge of anything after her major blunder. So She's just bad at her job. Bad at her job. Um, Elliot goes home, rips up all of his shit on the wall, decides, fuck, I'm compromised. This is going to go bad. Shannon shows up. This, this scene was pretty, uh, was pretty intense, too, because you're like, is she going to see the paper in his bag or in the garbage can? And Shannon's like, you know, this place is a shithole. I can see why you always come to my place. Run away with me. Shannon says, run away with me. And then it just kind of drops off. We don't know what Elliot's going to do. I can't see a situation where she runs, he runs away with her, Josh, because usually, you know, when you're uh, devoted to the badge, you're, you're, you're sticking out the whole, the whole case, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to run away with her. I actually have a prediction as to what's going to happen next episode. I think that someone's going to find out about him. Like, not like, not, not like publicly, but like maybe like Alex or, or, or Ed or Sean or Marion or somebody, maybe Shannon is going to have something, some light bulb is going to click in their head and they're going to just going to have like a, oh my God moment. And then we're not going to know what happens until next season. Okay. That's, that's my prediction. I would like that. I would, I would not want a cliffhanger in the Sean versus Alex storyline, but I would be okay with a cliffhanger in the Elliot storyline. Yeah. As you mentioned, same with Floriana. I don't expect Floriana's storyline to be wrapped up. We had a quick scene, a very pivotal scene with her where she lulls the old lady into trust. Here, you can take care of the baby. Oh, I'm going to have your baby once you're gone, all that stuff. And then it was obvious. I thought that was the most uh, like cookie cutter scene of the season, but it still worked. You know, I wasn't the old lady. It. Really? I, I, I had that pretty drawn out. Right when she said, here, do you want to hold my baby? Do you want to wash my baby? I knew that Floriana was going to beat this woman's ass. So she kicks yeah. her down the stairs, runs away. Leaf comes back. Excuse me, life comes back to see his mom and the two of them are just ultimate failures. They just fucked up all together. I, I, do want to, uh, I do want to talk for a second though, before we get into my favorite part of this episode, which was Luann, who mm -hmm. is by far and away, like my hero of Badass. this season. Badass. Yeah, stud, absolute killer. But with Elliot though, I'm curious, as you mentioned, someone may find out both people that we have seen that have found out that he's a cop have died like instantly. Remember, right. we've got the bodyguard who was popped in the head by the Danish sniper right before he could tell Sean. And then we've mm -hmm. got this, you know, long haired guy from, uh, from Game of Thrones, I think he was, right? He was, uh, he was we talked Marian, about him last week, Marin Trant. But he's, and he's also uh, Marion's brother uh, in law. Right, right. He's, in, he's part of Marion's army. Um, and uh, brother in law. No, I think it's, it's Colin. No, I think that's his, her blood brother. No, I think it was her sister's husband. Oh, okay. Brother-in-law that way. I thought you meant through Finn's, right. through Finn's family. So, yeah. Right. So, so I'm curious. Oh, it's no, been, no, no, no. It's been like a trend, right? Whoever finds out about Elliot hits the, hits the, hits the dirt. So we'll right. see if, if someone does figure it out. I am not so sure. I think maybe he'll be able to hold the facade through this episode. And then, you know, we'll have like some look that he gives Sean or Sean gives him at the end of the season if Sean does survive the season. And so now we've got this dude who is so loosely connected to our main plot. It's amazing 
that we are so invested in him, and it's Luan, right? And, and it's something that makes this show elite because we're not just following the Wallaces, the Dumanis, and Elliot. We're following the Wallaces, the Dumanis, Lale, Asif, who had a, you know, a scene with his son that was pretty you know, minuscule where they're just FaceTiming and the, and the son who's running for mayor basically find, you know, connects the dots that his dad just set him up for mayor. He didn't earn it at all. And the dad's like, no, I just wanted you to be mayor. And obviously, you know, once you're mayor, I can kind of control things. And the son's like, fuck you, dad. But tangents, and that's, I think, the last little cleanup scene that I didn't talk about. So we've got Luann, Josh. Give me a percentage that you thought Luann was going to survive once you saw his informants, or excuse me, once you saw the guy that he sent in first cut to shreds. 10%. I was so certain he was dead. Like. I thought that 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 Mosi and his gang were like unbeatable, like this force to be reckoned with. These guys are units. They're just they just chop people with machetes to shreds. <laughs> and my God, did Luan come through? Well, so smart first of all by Mosi to hire the guy that Luan had hired. So it was a double cross by the the old Asian man who does right. not get out of this alive for some reason. Mosi gives no fucks. But I uh. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I had no idea this was going to happen, Josh. Luann just completely falls out, kills everyone, and then has the most human reaction, right? He's, mm-hmm. not like, he's not like Batman or Iron Man who can just kill a bunch of people or you know, almost kill a bunch of people and then just like go to a gala and be fine. He's like freaking out in the elevator with his wife, and she's the real MVP. She's like calming him down. It's going to be okay. Then she wants to run away, and he doesn't, which was pretty weird pretty sure maybe a small vacation is smart for the Luan uh, tribe right now, but it was, uh, yeah, it was great. It was, first of all, I want to, I don't know, I don't know who the actor is, um, but that was amazing acting to show that very human reaction after murder, after murdering. I mean, obviously it could be, it's warranted as like self-defense. So it's not like he just like, he like brutally murdered them because they were going to murder him, but the reaction to like, murdering people in in that sense was just amazing it was tommy shelby-esque after you know it, i i always mention my favorite scene of peaky blinders is you know season two episode six when tommy shelby is walking away after almost getting killed by the uh by the uh, the, the guy who ends up having a job for him you yeah. know after epsom and he's walking away and he's kind of quivering and he's breathing heavily and he's like crying and that's the reaction that we saw on uh, Luan's face. And it was very, very, very good acting. Amazing scene. My jaw was dropped. Like, like I was like, like literally my jaw was dropped. I, I, I was not expecting that. And that's what makes this show so good is because you don't know what the hell is coming. So good. It's just everything about Luan. I mean, from the beginning when I just couldn't stop seeing Russell Crowe and I still see Russell Crowe every oh, time. I, it's, just, it's just a fantastic beard. And I, I am like, I'm still at a loss for how well he has acted in this show. And I'm, I can guarantee that he's going to find himself a job in some big thing coming up soon. I hope so, because I'd love to see more of him. But I, I don't think there's much else. There was also a great touch, right? The elevator music while the two of them are just like freaking out. And it's just like a minuscule touch that Xavier Jeans adds to that scene that, again, just connects us to it because it's so realistic. How would you feel if somehow you pulled that off? That's how you would feel, I feel like. And so now we can get to a little bit of predictions here. I, I'm not sure if life is going to give up. I feel like 
you know, the Danish are so strong and they're so strong-willed that they will still be a factor here in this final episode. Maybe that it'll be him versus Floriana and then we've got everyone else. But I wonder if there's a Luan connection or do you think that's the last we've seen of Luan this season? I mean, I don't know. I really don't know like what, what role Luan is going to have going forward because, I mean, he doesn't have mostly to deal, to deal with anymore. I don't know if there's any, you know, residual effect with Mosi's other people that are going to be trying to follow through with their deal. Um, his money's still wants, gone, though. His money's still gone, but I don't think he's going to, like, do it with violence. You know, no, I, 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 don't th- I agree. I think, I think Alex is probably just going to pay him, right? Because he said he's almost recovered $150 million, $500 million. So Alex is a man of his word. He'll probably just pay Louis. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't I don't be surprised I, if he's gone for the season. I don't think that uh, we're going to see a lot of Luna in the next episode. I think, I think the next episode is going to be a lot of Elliot, a lot of Sean, a lot of Alex, a lot of that kind of wrapping up. And then we're going to get some Floriana, you know, because we haven't had enough Floriana in this season. I, I think so. I think we'll get a, I think we'll get a decent amount of, of Floriana. I, I, I called this a couple weeks ago when we were, you know, looking at six or seven. I think that the opening scene is going to be a decently sized flashback telling us some stuff about Floriana. So maybe a a big scene with Finn where he explains everything to her or maybe the day that they meet or something like that, the day that she says she's pregnant, I don't know. But I do think that we are going to lose a Dumani. That's my one prediction. I, I have no idea which one. My gut says Ed because I'm hoping that Alex can take the step up like Sean did or... Alex is going to look at what Sean did and just completely say, you're a lunatic. I'm siding with my dad. And maybe we'll lose both Dumanis. My gut just tells me that the two of them are treating this too much like a business thing. And when you're dealing with someone who just blew up a building and can kill anyone, you have to deal with it like a war thing instead of a business thing. And I don't think Javon, Ed, and and Alex are prepared to have like a a war. Javon has probably never even touched a gun in his life. He just relies on the Danish. So maybe, they, maybe they'll join forces. I'm not 100% sure. But at the end of the day, there's very few things that they could do here that will leave me with a sour taste. That's something that's so rare. You set up where a finale, like so many things could go wrong in this finale, right? And I still feel like I, I won't be disappointed because it's not like they have anything really crazy hanging out there that they could end in Game of Thrones fashion. Yeah, and no, I mean, first of all, it's not like it's not going to be the end of the show, so it's just going right. to be setting setting up for a, a, an amazing second season, which I'm super excited because it shows the show is amazing. It's just amazing. We highly like if you guys listening, I'm sure that you guys have recommended it to so many people already. But I was talking to Daniel. This is like a top ten worthy show. Like it's really crept up in my top ten. Obviously, recency bias is 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 king here, but. It's a show that I've had my jaw dropped. It's unpredictable. It's so good at tying together all these different plot lines into the main plot. Uh, it makes you invested in other characters that you never thought that, that, you, that you'd be invested in. Like I, If you told me season one that I was going to love Luann at the end, in, in episode one, that I was going to love Luann by episode nine, I would have told you you're crazy because I hated him in episode one. I thought I was like, who the hell is this scumbag kind of guy? And like Lale was like seems like she's so far on the back burner, but she was instrumental in the blowing up of the building. You know, Ed and Alex are so instrumental into the whole investor plot, and now they're not with 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 the Wallaces anymore. And we thought Marion wasn't going to talk at all the whole season, and now she's one of the main like best characters in the show. And 
it's just such a great show and there's a lot to tie together in this in the season finale and I'm very 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 pumped for it I am I'm I'm signed up on board obviously for season two right we're definitely going to cover it really excited for that I'm ready for I I would be fine with a Marion like completely separate storyline where she goes to Ireland and deals with like one of her like high school bullies or something like that like completely take away Marion from our main plot and give her her own plot that would be very much something that I would want because I like like the Luann thing how it's just so barely connected to our Wallace versus Dumani, and yet we are just as invested. And so that's what Game of Thrones did, and that's what it brought to us. It was a show that was so unique because we can follow all of these plot lines, and they're so barely connected, but in the biggest way they're connected, right? In the chase for the throne. So that's right. why it's this show, Josh, is just, it's captivating, and it has you looking forward to every episode in a way that I have not had since I watched Succession last year. So I can't say that this is the best show I've ever seen, but it's easily in the top five shows that I've seen in the last like three or four years. It's, uh, it's, it's not even close. I would say that this holds up one-on-one with Peaky Blinders, yeah. at least through one season, because Peaky's first season was really good. This first season is a little bit better. And so we'll see if this can do. The thing about Peaky Blinders, two, three, and four were unreal. Now, if Gangs of London can have four or five seasons and can keep up throwing 102 miles an hour, hey, power to them. I'm all on board. I'm very excited to see how the next level of posh can be for Sean. Because I don't know if you noticed, but he tucked in his shirt into jeans in this episode. That's how I'm going to end this one. In, if you look up posh in the British hey, dictionary, he's, he's, it's a picture of Sean Wallace. Style, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's no, it. Any, any final remarks here? I'm just really pumped to cover episode nine and, and get some of these, these storylines wrapped up, not wrapped up, but just some more clarity, especially the Floriana one, because I mean, she's the catalyst to this whole entire thing. And there, there may be billions, right? There might be billions of pounds waiting for her. That's what it sounds like. Finn stole about 1.8 billion. Right. I mean, so it's, that's, that's pretty cool. So we think we're not, we're not a hundred percent sure because uh, Ed and I mean, Alex, they're kind of skeptical on the fact yeah, they that they think he, it's Finn. Right. I mean, but they're kind of skeptical that he just like like took it. I mean, the 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 investors are kind of skeptical that he just right. ran away with it. So we'll we'll see. We're we're gonna get some answers. Is it is by any chance is it a longer finale? Is it? it I do not know. Let's see. I'll look right now. Um, because I will say that on IMDb, this last episode, episode eight, got a eight point six, which is pretty good. Final episode is 58 minutes. Okay, so it's a few minutes long. longer than, than the uh, penultimate. And lastly, I, I don't think we're going to go away from this uh, Asif versus Lale. Like, Lale had to have thought that Asif is the main guy because that's why she wanted to, you know, hurt the investors, right? You have to assume Asif is one of them. Right. So, right. you know, that, that could come back in. I'd like a little one-on-one duel between the two of them, whether it comes this season or next. I would love for Asif to die. Yes. That's, that's all I'm saying. Maybe by the hands of his son. Yeah, that, that'd be great. That'd be great. Now, all right, last one. Really bold prediction. Could we have two son-killing dads in this last episode? Alex and um, Asif's son. Is it possible? Is it possible that the torch is passed from Ed to Alex and from Asif to Nasir? I think that's his name. It, it, anything's possible. Anything is definitely possible with this show. So I, I really don't know, but I'm pumped. Uh, me too. All right. We'll get back to you guys in a couple days with the 
finale of Gangs of London. I know some of you just breezed by this, Josh. Some of them finished like three weeks ago and I'm getting tweets. And listen, we just want to be able to slow things down so everyone can relax and enjoy the quarantine. If we bursted this all out for you guys in a week, then we'd forget about it. That's why right. you need shows. Weekly is so much better than dropping all at once. But speaking of, I do know that the new Netflix show Space Force just dropped today. So I'm going to have to check that out with Steve Carell. Because if there's anything that I know is going to be funny, it's making fun of something that Donald Trump put into uh, orbit. So I'm excited to check that out. You'll have to see uh, the first episode of Space Force. And maybe we'll talk about that in our next Apple podcast, where we're also going to spend a little bit of time talking about the new uh, Tom Hardy movie, Capone, which was less than uh, exciting. So that's it for this episode. This is Josh. I'm Daniel. And we've been so you don't have to.